This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Thank you for listening today. I pray that you are doing well and staying safe. I appreciate each minute and every second that you spend listening. It is my desire that these words that I speak encourage your heart, mind, and soul. Today, I want you to ask yourself, what am I working on? Or even more importantly, am I working in my purpose, committing all to God so that he gets all the glory? Of course, the question is rhetorical. And whether you want to admit it or not, only you and God can accurately, honestly answer those questions. Thank God for Mother Jacqueline Williams, our beautiful Holder Club leader. She read Proverbs 16 and 3 during our Saturday evening meeting, and I was immediately encouraged. According to Proverbs 16, chapter and the third verse, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You see, we serve an awesome God of purpose, and every soul that he has blessed with his precious breath of life has purpose, a God purpose. You did not survive the past year by luck, coincidence, or chance. Some of us were surrounded, even breathed upon, by COVID, but God, God protected us when we, so many of us and so many others could not or did not escape. We can all call some names to which no one answers anymore. Yet God spared our lives. You are not responsible for your success, great ideas, or proper moves. Despite your educational level, who you know, or how well connected you are. As good as you believe you look, and as smart as you really are, you could not have made any prosperous moves in the absence of God. So pray for those who claim they are self-made men and women. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Never forget that God has a plan and purpose for your life and has had the master plan before your grandparents, let alone your parents, were even born. That means your purpose and my purpose is to serve the Lord. According to Proverbs 16th chapter and the third verse, we must do every work, every deed as unto the Lord, as if it is going to Feed your dependent child. Sustain your family. Spare the life of a dear loved one. Or honor God who has given the life of his only son to secure ours. When I started thinking of working for God with these parameters, with these ideas in mind, it became crystal clear why I find it so easy to honor God with the work that I perform be it teaching, which I love with a passion, taking care of my family for whom there are no limits, or attending to my mother's needs for whom God knows I would give my very last. 
You see, God said, if I commit my works to him, meaning everything that I do, I should perform as if I am performing for God, all being done decently and in order with all diligence. Of course, I must believe that he, the omniscient God, knows all things. He is watching and will reward all that I do. And within such obedience, God gets the glory. Now, according to Google, the word commit means to bind or obligate oneself as my pledge or assurance to devote or engage oneself to a person or a thing. In this case, to God, one does not pledge or obligate any part of self to that which is unworthy, at least not those who exercise wisdom and good judgment. Your work, your deeds and decisions are to be committed to God, devoted with all diligence, because the omnipotent, incomparable God is worthy. According to Ephesians 6, chapter the 5th and the 6th verses, warns us, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. These verses further drive home the point that it should not matter who's looking when we commit our work and deeds to God, as some may do only when they know someone is watching. But as servants of the Most High God, we must do His will from our hearts, which means a do-right heart and mind is necessary for our honest, committed work ethic and deeds towards God. Finally, the word says, such would establish my thoughts. Please understand, it is incumbent upon us to operate in everything we do with a heart deliberately serving God. That is simply doing the right thing. Now, when I ponder that statement, it reminds me of a beautiful former co-worker and teammate. I can still hear her New Orleans accent. As she always said, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Of course, she was encouraging students, but she was also encouraging everyone around her. Her name is Miss Patterson, but I call her Miss Patty. At any rate, I loved hearing Miss Patty say those words. And as a result of the true, while simplistic meaning, I try hard to live by those words. After all, serving God in every aspect of what we do, every deed and task we perform must be committed to God, like it or not. So just do the right thing because it is the right thing to do. Not because someone is watching you or you want to seem impressive to others. Do what is right even when no one is watching because it is the right thing to do. Once again, when you live with this motto, this mantra, you can rest assured God will establish your thoughts. In other words, when your heart is honestly, automatically set on doing what's right and you exude the same in everything you do, 
you become aligned with God and that God purpose in which you walk develops a God purposed mind which facilitates your thoughts. So as the word of God has further stated, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now while it starts in the heart, the desire to do what's right, it is then transferred to a mindset to do what is right. Actions speak loudly from a do-right heart and mind. And the process continues to work cohesively among the heart, mind, body, and soul. Hence God's word, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Established by whom? You may ask, by God. You see, God's word has taken the matter a step further when it was written, as a man think, so is he. So then, in order to commit your every move, every work, and every deed to God, your heart must first conceive and embrace the same, which signals your brain to think in such a way, which motivates your body to act, while all along, God has masterfully been invited in to navigate the do-right operation, thereby establishing your every thought. Is God not an awesome and a good God. When I considered God being in control, I had to accept the understanding that God is able to direct you prior to your accepting him, but for your benefit and for his glory. The matter is so much smoother when you operate and when you invite and accept him into your heart and life. So he is operating from within. I call that an optimal operation. Think of it this way. When you decline to acknowledge God or let him into your heart or the driver's seat in your life, he is still in control. Only it is from a remote control aspect. Since you would not let him in, so many other spirits can interfere and lead you in unthinkable, unspeakable directions. Yes, God allows certain matters. And yes, many things can happen even after you let God in. But when you invite and truly accept him in, he becomes one with your heart. He is with you, promised never to leave you, leads and guides you and establishes your thoughts. I want to impress upon you that God is able to put your thoughts on cruise control. What do I mean? God's word said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. In other words, having the Lord in your heart will not prevent you from going through some things, but it will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding so that you continue to trust God, knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that whatever I go through, whatever I must endure, God is faithful to stay with me and see me through. No matter what it looks like, his word has assured me that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Such is a reassurance that when God is on board, he is in control. Not that I won't cry sometimes, but he will wipe 
my tears away. Not that the going will not get tough, but he promised to remain Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is with me. Jehovah Nisi, the God who protects me. Now, why would you want to be remotely controlled because you refuse to let God in so that he could guard and sustain your heart to a do right existence of abundance and establish your every thought? I want my provider, my sustainer, and my divine protector to dwell in me and abide with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year, every year of my life, and even when it's a leap year, I want my God to remain with me always and forever, taking no breaks. When you deny him, decline him, refuse to invite and allow him in your heart, he is still present. But the danger is none of us were promised tomorrow. And if tomorrow is not ours, we certainly want God to give our souls a home. However, you have yet to make him a part of you. You have yet to commit all of your work, deeds, and accomplishments to him so that he would give your heart its desires, establish your mind's thoughts, and provide your soul a home. Yes, he has promised to take care of your heart, mind, soul, and body once you commit all to him. His word said he would even establish your goings, your starts and stops. I want you to know that once God establishes your thoughts, you end up with clarity, peace, and a sound mind. Think of it this way. How many of you listening wants your significant other to live in another state, across town, or even in another house in the neighborhood? I love my husband and my children, so I want them right here at home with me, under the same roof, in the same house, because I love and need them. So it is with God. If I love God and I know that I need him to survive, why on earth would I not want him right here in my heart, in my body, soul, and mind? If he is the lifter of my head, my strength, my peace, the one who knew me before I was shaped in my mother's womb, the one who, no matter how many wigs I wear, knows the number of hairs on my head, he who said in 1 Peter 2nd chapter and the ninth verse, We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that we may proclaim the praises of he who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, prior to God choosing us, we were not even considered people and there was no mercy. I praise God for choosing us and having mercy and unmerited favor towards us. God is so good that even when we were yet sinners, he gave his only son to save a sinful world of stiff-necked, rebellious, uncaring, some say ratchet people. He loved us when we did not love him back. We are spiritual beings having human experiences. You see, the breath of God made us spiritual and one day 
this breath is going to be returned to God. The body will die and the spirit, our soul, will need a home. While we are living today, God's word said, commit all our work to him and he will establish our thoughts. Psalm 37 and 5 took it a step further and said, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Bring what to pass, you ask? Bring the desires of your heart to pass. If you are wondering what's in it for me, what's in it for you? You commit your all to God and in return, he gives you your heart's desire. Just give him what he wants and he will give you all you want and need. After all that God has done for us, we should want to commit our work to him. And even within that request, we must acknowledge that a giving God has promised for your obedience. Not only will he give you your heart's desire, but he promised to establish your thoughts. Commit your all to him today. Commit your work to God today with every task and deed. The promises to you, my friend, he will provide your every need. No worries about what you will eat or what you will have to wear. God promised he would lift your head, your heart, and always be right there. Don't shut God out or decline his presence to live in your heart and soul. He only wants to stay with you to protect and provide attend matters beyond your control. He wants to dwell while you are shell deep in your heart and mind. There's no better friend through thick and thin that one could ever find. The word of God has warned us well, beware of unknown faces. Trust in the Lord, he will be with you, so stand in holy places. So many things are going on. Just look, it's in God's word. The plagues, the wars, even variants of SARS are all indicators we've heard. No better place than in God's safety. He is our strong tower who promised never to leave nor forsake, sustain us every second and hour. He said he would stay both night and day to shield, protect, and provide. Said he knows the plans he has for us in his word and peace abide. Commit to him your everything, all your work, your deeds and way. Lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge God and all of his word, I pray. God said he would still be with us if we make our bed in hell. Said choose you this day whom you will serve, yet he keeps our bodies well. No covered faces or hiding places we can steal away from him. His command was forced to receive his spirit so his ghost could dwell within. A request to gather ourselves with him so we too could dwell as one. For the love God has toward each of us, he gave his only son. Today, he asked that we commit to him all our work and deeds so that he would establish our every thought and supply our every need. For each of us to submit to such a God who gives us our heart's desire. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray that each of you remain uplifted, encouraged, and inspired. Well, family, 
This is number 55 of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. I urge you today to commit your works to the Lord and see won't he establish your thoughts. The decision is yours. You see, what begins as a decision conceived in your heart quickly moves to your mind and then shows up in your body, your actions and mood, and yes, your work. As a result, God becomes the center of your center. That is your heart. He becomes your way as he is the way, the truth, and the light. That is when I say God becomes your navigator and even the driver. So the body, soul, and mind continues to do the right thing because it is the right thing to do. Such behaviors are the result of a body on autopilot. God piloting the body or cruise control where it is all under God's control. In other words, it is the only way that a God-driven heart will be able to function, doing what is right from the heart. God has promised when we commit our work to him, he will establish our thoughts. When we commit to him our way, he gives us the desires of our hearts. I pray that each of you invite him in and let God give you that mind that was also in Christ Jesus. That is a mind that does the right thing because it is the right thing to do. God bless and keep each of you with God established thoughts. I trust you will commit your will and wait to him and he will forever give you your heart's desire. Please don't forget to say something on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn page. You can listen to me on Amazon Music as well as my new platform on YouTube. I welcome your questions, comments, critiques, and suggestions on topics you'd like to explore. Who knows, you might just end up being a guest on an upcoming broadcast. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world. I'm looking forward to each of you. Until then, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.